That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Hell yeah. Does anybody else sing that shit? I want to just wail on that, but I can't sing like Robbie can. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. And um, I'm going to do a little monologue for you today. Once again, we're, uh, we're going back to the old school style. Back before we had awesome guests come on this show. Well, we had, I guess we had awesome guests in the beginning, but uh, there was definitely more monologue episodes and I'm kind of going back to that, focusing on that. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the creative side of this process of this, um, you know, the show. And I hope you do too. Uh, today we're going to talk about how do I find my identity? And I don't know that I have a specific answer for you, but I will share with you uh, my thoughts on on finding identity, where I'm at with my identity, and 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 what I mean by that is going from um, a a person, a younger adult, a kid, whatever you want to call it, um, who turned to substances uh, to kind of mask himself, which I'm talking about myself, mask myself, mask my insecurities, um, mask my uh, who. You know, not even knowing who I was, I guess, in a sense. So just walking around wearing this mask and and being really confused and like, who am I? What is my identity? And so we're going to take, I'm going to kind of take you back and take you through some of those times with me. And maybe that can help spark some thoughts in your own mind. Uh, maybe, maybe you have found your identity. And if you have, I think that is... Um, you know, it's something that we don't talk about often, but I think that's really an amazing thing for somebody to be a hundred percent confident in themselves and really know who they are. And we only get that by being honest with ourselves and, and, and working, um, our life issues out in a healthy way versus turning to substances or food or sex or whatever your vice may be, um, to cope. So that's, the gist of today, let's get a word from our sponsor, Foundations Recovery Network, and then we will jump right in to the show. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number, 
1-800-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. Also, go to thatsoberguy.com. You can check out all the past podcast episodes. You can download six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours, a little guide I put together to help get you started if you're contemplating uh, giving up the bottle or giving up the substance and uh, you want to change your life. It's not a magical guide that's going to save your ass by any means. You got to put the work in. You got to want it. You got to want to get clean, want to get sober, want to change Worse than you want anything in your life. Honestly, that's the truth. But this guide will help you get started on that. It'll give you a few things that I use to kind of um, get me grounded, I guess, and and focus on uh, the simple side of it to get on the right path, if that makes sense. Uh, also, you can support the show on Patreon. All funds donated or uh, pledged if we're talking Patreon talk, because there's also a donate button, but you can pledge to the show through Patreon. Uh, Go right back into the operation, help bring you the best recovery content, and uh, they really support the show, and uh, I greatly appreciate that. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash soberguyradio, or you can go on that soberguy.com. There's a button on there you can click, and uh, you can help support us that way. Also, leave us a review on iTunes, another great way to support the show. I think that's all about the ads and plugs and all the shits we're going to do today for that. And I think today we're going to start, since I'm kind of feeling like I'm bringing it back to uh, the earlier days of the show, used to start off with the serenity prayer and on awakening often. So let's start there. (sighs) Got to take a deep breath for that one, for this one. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Such a powerful thing right there. Let's do On Awakening. When I was in rehab, when I was in rehab, yeah, what's up, bro? When I was in rehab, it's like this badge of honor, kind of, right? <laughs> I kind of feel like that sometimes, actually. Yeah, I was in, I was in fucking rehab and shit. I don't know if that's something to be proud of or if it's something to be embarrassed of for those of you out there listening. If you put yourself in my shoes or maybe you've been in those shoes before, I don't look at it as a badge of honor, but what I do look at it as, as something to be proud of. Um, and, and that might sound funny to a normie, a quote unquote normie out there, you know, who hasn't dealt with, uh, some of the substance abuse issues, but like going through a program like that, and being thrown into an environment with, you know, 35 random people that are all trying to recover from drugs or alcohol uh, and, you know, with their own life issues and then doing intense therapy and, and work groups and being away from your family, um, all that stuff. It's, uh, you know, to come out of that and, and to be able to stay clean and sober after that. Um, it really is something to be proud of and it's made me the man that I am today. And I hope to continue that each day as I learn and grow. Um, but I don't know where the hell I was going with that. It was kind of off topic there, but something to definitely be proud of. Let's do on awakening. Hit the mic there on awakening. Let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. 
Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and we take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. Such a huge part of that. Ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. I just felt the need to to repeat that again because I have to tell myself I have to tell myself, you know, that on the daily. And, you know, it's something that if I don't keep in the conscious part of my of my brain, um, those little doubts and and um and thoughts of negativity, um, stress, anxiety, worry. Uh, they can they can really creep in and uh, can create a pretty jacked up day and it all starts all starts with me another uh another little tool that I use that just popped up actually so I think it's a it's a good time to mention it Christ is in me I am enough let me repeat that again Christ is in me I am enough Christ is in me I am enough and I set that on my phone to go off at 6 a.m every day to remind me that the Holy Spirit lives inside of my soul and that helps get me um, get me through. You know, this world is a crazy place sometimes and uh, I know that I have that anchor, you know, to always rely on and to, to fight my battles for me because I'm weak. You know, unfortunately, that's that's just the way that it goes. I'm not perfect and uh, it's it's a battle every day. So, <coughs> goodness, I got to quit with the coughing, right? On the, I need a cough button. That's what I need. I could be all professional and have one of those, one of those buttons that you just, you just hit. And it, it's, I probably have one on my, on my mixer here. I just haven't, t- I mean, I have a mute button, but I've used it before thinking that it would mute out the track that I'm on, but it didn't work and I could still hear it in the background. So now I don't use it. Let's see if I, you hear that? See, it's probably going in and out. Barely hear it. It's probably just annoying you right now too. So I'm going to stop. Anyways, let me jump back on track here. How do I find my identity? That's what we're going to talk about today. What gives you a sense of identity? Uh, maybe you lost that sense of identity traveling down an uncertain or an unexpected path that, uh, you know, and, and you woke up and you went, how the hell did I get here? Um, and then how do I find my identity? Those are, those are some things, you know, just that question alone, how do I find my identity and who am I? Uh, it could get pretty deep. I'm going to try to keep it on, on a, on a pretty, you know, high level explanation of myself. So it makes sense, uh, because I can get off on a tangent and start getting all weird and shit. And I'm, I really don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. And I'll, and I'll try to stop myself if I do. Um, but you know, for me, my identity was, was 
as a kid, it was as a baseball player because I grew up playing baseball. That's what I love to do, you know, and, and right next to that was music. I like to, to write poetry and sing and rap and play guitar, um, play a little bit of drums. I'm not very good, but, uh, I could keep a beat and have a good time. And that was really, you know, and BMX and skateboard. I mean, I talked a little bit about this in, in the last episode, that was my identity that made me, um, you know, who I was, you know, now it's different today. Obviously we change things change as time goes on, as we grow, as people, things change and we got to be willing to adjust and we have to be open-minded to know when it's time to adjust. Those are things that I'm still learning. I'm, I've definitely gotten better at as time has went on. Um, and I've continued to, to just, you know, soak up life as much as I can and, and people around me and, and surround myself with positive people that I can learn from too. But man, I'll tell you what, there are days when sometimes I wish I was too like my son. Um, I mean, I can, I, I can have the identity of a two-year-old. I could get away with anything. I mean, I could, um, I could order every, everyone around, you know, get my food, change my diaper. You know, I could cry when I didn't get my way. I could spit my vegetables all over the floor, dump cereal on my head. I would, I would sit around, watch cartoons, no responsibilities, um, I could get out of the bath and I could shit on the carpet and then play my drums naked. How about that? You know, what would that be like? And that's that, that last part actually, uh, well, most of that is, but especially the last part, that is a true story. My son, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. He got out of the bath, walked into his room, took a shit on the carpet, sat down butt ass naked on his drum set. And started banging away at the drums. And then when when my wife and I walked in there to see, because this was early in the morning, to see what the hell was going on, he stopped for a second, pointed his drumstick at the turd on the carpet, and said, Mama, I pooped on the floor, and then kept playing his drums. Now, what would that be like to have <laughs> that, you know, that sense of, you know, he he's two. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, there, there's nothing. So I guess my point to that is, is that, don't shit on the carpet because it's not fun to clean up. Number one, um, use a toilet. And number two, the identity of a two-year-old, you know, it doesn't exist basically, I guess is, and I'm, I'm kind of learning this as I'm saying it. So, um, you know, we don't know our identity until we truly get to know ourselves. And at a two-year-old doesn't know themselves. They just do, you know, they just do. That's just what they do. So as we grow, we things start to tar, start to evolve in us. We start to learn new things. We start to um, enjoy new things. Like for me, like I mentioned, growing up, a big foundation of me as as a kid was playing playing ball. Um, I love baseball. I love going to games. It wasn't just playing. Like I love going to A's games. I loved going to Giants games. I used to go to Candlestick Park back in the day before AT and T and all. All the bandwagon fans jumped on the Giants. Oh, oh, yeah, that's probably going to piss some people off in the Bay, but it's the truth. Sorry. You want to go to some uh, some real underground baseball, go watch the A's play. They probably ain't going to win. <laughs> probably not going to win. Um, you never know. I think the game, I went to two games this year. I think they did win both games, so that all depends. But, um, you know, anyways getting off track, going to baseball games, having a good time, and then playing from little league 
you know, or from T-ball, you know, up through little league all the way through high school. And then I jacked my, my shoulder up. I started getting into other things like girls and music and alcohol and drugs. And that changed everything for me. And it was a transition period where I had to find a new identity and it was, it was really confusing at the time. And so that identity from being a baseball player, you know, being, you know, having a good time. Now all the responsibility parts come in. Now I got to get a job, you know, now I got to, I got to take care of myself, you know, and, and this is, this, this happened for me, you know, probably at, at 17, I think maybe even 16 when I was still kind of playing, but after, you know, high school is when it really, when it really sunk in. Um, and transitioning into that was music. You know, that became this new part of me that I was going to get a record deal. I was going to, um, you know, I was just going to, I wanted to go on tour and go play shows everywhere. And I didn't care if it was playing for five people or 500. It didn't matter to me. I just enjoyed the play. And I liked I liked hardcore and punk rock and, and hip hop. Um, I remember having fat freestyle sessions back in the day at parties. <laughs> Super white rabbit style. Is that what it was in the movie? Um, I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. The, I think it was the Slim Shady movie. What the fuck was it called? Um, can't remember right now, but anyways, yes. White rapper guy. Um, you know, and there, there was a lot of us back in the day, you know, trying to, trying to do that and have fun and, and, uh, and freestyle. And so I created this identity around that, around a guitar, around kind of being what I thought was, was a badass again, you know, against everything that kind of against authority. And I, I, I drink and like, I'm, against society like that whole mindset and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i still hold actually still hold some of those values and some of those ideas and thoughts today it's just definitely in a different um more mature i'm much more mature today i'm just playing but (laughs) i didn't want to sound like i because it kind of did sound like that i think but it is in a more mature way right? There's, there's things that, and I'm sure that those will change in the next 10 years too. And I'll probably listen to this then and go, man, you were a dumbass then. You didn't know what the shit you were talking about, but transitioning into that, you know, is, is, is different, you know? So, um, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm kind of, let, let me kind of bring this back right now. And let me tell you where this stems from. So and and hopefully this will kind of tie this tie this together and we can see where I'm going with this. So I took Cash, my son, who's two, for maybe someone who's just tuned into the show for the first time. Two-year-old son, awesome kid, cool ass little kid. Um obviously he shits on the carpet and and then plays his drums naked. So I don't think it gets any more punk rock than that. But I took him to his first um underground like straight hardcore punk rock show on Friday night. It was Madball uh, from New York and the old firm casuals out here from the Bay area. And it was awesome. Like we had a great time. We, we, we cruised out to Sacramento. Um, you know, he wanted to stay the whole time. Like we watched, uh, we, we watched the, there's a couple opening bands. They were cool too. Um, they, I think the one, 
I think the one dude who, and I can't remember the name of them now. Um, where's the flyer? I had a flyer. Uh, I don't know. It's not around here anywhere. I think I put it away. Um, but they super cool. Anyway, super cool. So we, we watched, we started watching the first couple bands, got Cashy boy, some popcorn, some water. We're kicking it. And like all these people are juiced that there's this two year old boy there in his little flannel and his Levi's and his vans, like just enjoying it. Not, not running around being a, a goofy two year old, you know, that he's got tons of energy so he can, he'll do that sometimes. Like he was into watching the music and checking out the scene and checking out all the people there. Um, you know, there's some, there's some different looking cats there and everyone's cool. Uh, you know, everyone's super respectful. Like if you, for those of you who don't know, if you go to a hardcore show and you act like a dick, like you will get your ass kicked, like straight up, like some, some straight edge kid will come jack you up or some punk rocker will come jack you up or a group of them. If you're being a dick, like you just don't, you don't do that shit. It's not like at these big events where you see fights and, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure every once in a while there's a fight. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect scene, but for the most part, it's like hockey. It's like, it's just like hockey. It, the sport is, is, is policed by its own. And it's the same way kind of with the hardcore scene. Like it's, it's respected and it's policed by its own and you don't fuck around. You go there and you have a good time and you mosh and you hardcore dance and you have a good time. Um, but you don't step out of line. There's that barrier you don't cross. So anyways, old firm casuals, come on dope ass band um from from the bay area um branched off from remember the band rancid lars uh from rancid started the old firm casuals and um i just had a good time i'm super into them right now like if you look on my playlist that's what's bumping right now my wife's probably getting tired of hearing it when i'm getting ready and bumping it in the car but um in any case cashy boy is having a damn good time and I started thinking when I'm there, I had two separate dads come up to me and say, you know, well, the first one, he said, he said, you see that, see that boy in front of you? And there was this, this guy in front of me and he was a pretty big dude, had on his Doc Martens and his bomber jacket and his Levi's and shaved head. Um, and, and he said, that's my son. And I said, oh, okay, that's cool. And he looked at me and he goes, I was taking him to shows like this when he was his age and he pointed to cash and I was like, wow, that is, that is super rad. Like, and now they're back again, you know, and, and the son is an adult now and they're still going to shows together and having a good time. And they were sober, dude, they were sober. I talked to him a little bit, you know, didn't, didn't drink, um, never went down that path or actually I shouldn't say never. I don't know. Cause I don't know the guy's history. I didn't get to know him. Well, we just, you know, chatted a bit. Um, but at the time I know that they weren't drinking, they weren't, you know, all jacked up. They were just having a good time at this show together. Like they had done many times before growing up. And so that was like the first thought for me, like, you know, how cool it was that, that I was able to go with cash to this show. And then what it also did is it brought me back and, and I'm, I'm tying this back into identity because before I started really getting into substances and, and, and going down that path, I went to shows and I played music and I did it sober. Okay. And, and that was a, that was a, a very big part of my, um, my, my teen years, I guess. 
And I guess even as a kid, I went to a lot of concerts as a kid, but it was more with like my parents and stuff. When I started to go to underground shows, or I don't know if they're called, I keep calling them underground shows, but I just mean like, you know, small, like small shows in, 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 um, throughout the Bay area, Sacramento area. Um, you know, those types of, of little hole in the wall clubs where there's an underground scene. Um, that was like, I got this sense of identity back is what I'm saying. I started to feel, I got that feeling, um, that I had that was genuine fun and like genuinely like myself at that moment at this Madball show. Um, and after talking to this, to this guy and it was literally the coolest thing. Like I could, I could feel it in me. And so I guess why, why I bring this up too, and and let me, let me reach, let me reach a, a question out to you is, you know, what is your identity? Where does your identity stem from? Like, what did you used to do back in the day before you started using drugs and alcohol and anxiety and you had depression and you were feeling you know, this just out of place and what you're trying to find your purpose, like take yourself back to a point in your life, to something that meant something to you that you were really fond of, that you were really passionate about. Um, and, and, and think about that for a minute and then think about how you can bring that back into your life today. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. So I think that's an important aspect of it was for me to recognize that, yeah, it was a bit, it was definitely different. I wasn't out, you know, moshing in the pit. Brody, what are you doing? I got Brody, Brody, my dog's out here and he's sniffing around. I don't know if you heard him. You probably heard him sniffing there. Come here, buddy. Um, but it's, it's going to be a bit different than it was. Um, damn it. I got myself off track, but anyways, what is that? What does that look like for you? You know, and and really think about it. Maybe write it down on 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 a piece of paper. A couple things that you can think about, and think about how you can start inviting those things in a healthy manner back into your life. That'll really help you um, continue to find your identity. Because I'm not saying that that like you know you you I just all of a sudden whoa I okay awesome like it everything's changed now again at this show. I took cash to the show and like it's not like that. But it brought back this sense of like peace in me and a feeling of, you remember when maybe you go to your grandma's house and you just feel like that, that warm feeling like you're home and like everything is just safe and you just feel so great. Maybe as a kid, you know, maybe on I have that feeling on Christmas going to grandma's house and everything just felt so good. Like that's what I felt like going back to the show with cash. It was completely different but it was completely fucking awesome. And, you know, I found a sense of my identity again. And, um, you know, another part, and then I also had another dad come up to me as we were leaving and, um, and he, he was cool looking, man. He, he had on his, um, he had on his, his, uh, his polo all buttoned up to the top, you know, and, and, uh, and his boots and super nice guy. He said, Hey man, he said, um, and he was there with uh, with these two teenage kids, a boy and a girl. And he said, "That's my daughter right there. She's 14, and she was nice. She said hi. I didn't talk to her or anything. I was, you know, and, and but he said, yeah, and, and and that's her. That's her boyfriend. And um, I I was taking her here when when she was his age. I was taking her to shows. And so another example. And so I got two examples that night of dads who came up to me and were like, hey, you know, I've been taking my kids here, and man, it was the coolest thing. And they're still sharing that experience together." Um, 
And I guess as I'm saying this and thinking about it, it really is about sharing experiences with your kids too and inviting them into places that maybe, um, and who knows, maybe down the road, Cash hates punk rock and maybe he hates hardcore. I, I'm not going to force him into anything, you know, but at least I'm, I'm trying, at least I'm putting things out there and we're trying to do stuff. And I'll continue to do that with my, with my daughter too, you know, backpacking trips, going to the park, uh, playing soccer, playing baseball, um, you know, music, going to shows, those types of things that help set a foundation for them, you know, that are going to, that are going to help them in life and, and help them find a purpose and help find things that they're passionate about. You know, maybe it's art, maybe it's music, who knows? I don't know what it is. It's not for me to decide, you know, but it is up to me to, to help, um, you know, create those experiences, those memories in a healthy manner. And I get to fucking do it sober. That's so gangster to me. That is so OG status right there like that. And I don't, I say that humbly, not arrogant. Like I get to be sober because I chose to be, and I choose to be, and I get to set that example for my kids, you know, and for my friends and for my family. And it's not easy sometimes, you know, you guys know that out there. It's not easy trying to be in certain environments and trying to be, um, you know, trying to be the sober guy, which is the name of the fucking show, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes, but it's so, it's so hard to me. Like that is, that is the coolest thing is, is to just to stand up and to not have to rely on that, you know, to, to mask who I am. Like I can be me, you know, I can be me. Another thing that I, that I think is so awesome is, is, is the straight edge scene, the straight edge kids. Um, you know, like I talked about, there's a brotherhood, there's a respect, out there, I, you know, it's not perfect. Every, every group, every kind of scene always has some, some bad apples in it. Um, I want to always, you know, state that, but to be honest with you, I haven't really seen any of that. I'm sure it goes on. I haven't seen any of it. Every hardcore show I've been to every, every, um, hardcore kid I've met, um, has been super cool, has been super cool. Like just like respectful and awesome. And so my point to this is, I think it's so rad that there's hope for our kids, for my kids, that there's a scene where drugs and alcohol are not the focal point. You know, the focal point is based around music and not having promiscuous sex, not drinking, not doing drugs, not smoking, not any of that bullshit, you know, that were, well, that I was raised upon thinking that made you cool was to do that. No, that doesn't make you cool. Makes you a fucking idiot, especially when you're young. (laughs) You know, that does not make you, that does not make you cool straight up. And so I feel a sense of like pride and, and relief at the same time to know that there is still a scene out there that can be cool and that can have fun, um, you know, for my kids growing up into, and, and I hope that they will follow down that same path. But like I said, not for me to decide, not for me to worry about, um, something I've thought about. I think that's a fair point. Um, you know, and I'll kind of leave it at that. So back to this sense of identity, like maybe you lost your identity. Maybe you've lost the sense of who you are. Maybe you're searching for your purpose. Um, maybe, maybe you, you just don't know. Maybe I'm rambling right now and maybe you want to tell me to shut my mouth because I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's been through. Well, um, no, I'm not exactly the same. You know, we're not any of None of us are exactly the same. You know, we all have different things that we go through, but the one thing that we all have in common back to the beginning 
you know, of, of on awakening and the serenity prayer is trying to find peace, trying to find ourselves, trying to find confidence, trying to find respect in ourselves. And, um, and, and we do that by, by putting the work in, you know, by communicating and by talking to other people and by putting ourselves out there and saying, you know, Hey, I'm good with who I am. I'm trying to find it. You know, I'm trying to work on, I'm trying to work on self. I'm trying to be a better person. And that's really all we can do. You know, that's, that is all we can do. And so in that, I'm going to, so here's the takeaway for this, for this episode. And we're going to wrap this up here shortly. It's a short episode today. Um, I hope it made sense to you. I hope maybe even if all the rest of the stuff was bullshit and damn that, see, man, I gotta, I gotta soundproof this better. You hear that motorcycle just go by? Sounded kind of badass actually, but I don't ride motorcycles by the way. I, uh, I had a bad experience when I was 14 out at my homeboy Rustin's house and my dad told me not to ride a motorcycle. I did it anyways. I popped the clutch too quick, too quick on, uh, I think it was like a one, a one twenty-five, or maybe it's a two fifty dirt bike, kind of Kawasaki, maybe Kawasaki, something like that. Honda. I don't know. Popped the clutch too quick. Somehow my dumbass fell off the back of the bike, but, but held on to the throttle and the handlebars and fell off the back and then when the when the when the bike went down somehow my leg got wedged up in between the muffler and the and the um and uh and the tire and it was spinning on my leg and it busted through my motorcycle pants thankfully i had those on but it ripped through them and then the muffler started burning my leg and and the tire was spinning and so luckily rustin was still was hadn't taken off yet either and he jumped off and 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 killed the bike. Uh, yeah, not too happy about that. And then I think I had to hide it from my dad for like a week because I was walking around all limping. Um, anyways, completely off topic, but I do not ride motorcycles. I wish I could. I think they're badass, but I like four wheels and something covering my, my dome other than just a, um, a hard helmet. Doesn't make, doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Um, anyways, I want to offer this to you. Think about something that you feel, you know, back in the day, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling about, you get that warm feeling like going to grandma's house on Christmas or maybe going home, you know, um, going, going back or whatever it is. Maybe you didn't go to grandma's house on Christmas. Maybe, um, you know, maybe it's something else, but think about that. What gives you that feeling and, and, and think about what, you know, what makes you feel like you, you know, for me, it was going back and revisiting the show with my son. I've been to a lot of shows before, but not with my son. And that was a completely different experience and it did something to me. And so now I can't wait to go to some future, some future shows. Um, so, so think about that one. One more thing I forgot to mention too, is I also talked about in an, in an article, it comes out in, in recovery magazine in the December issue. So just in a couple months, and they asked me to write an article about, being a musician in recovery and what it was like, you know, before and what it's like now. And so that was a good opportunity for me to kind of, to dive into this topic. I'm, I'm a bit all over the place today because this isn't scripted stuff. I mean, I, I do take some, some kind of talking points and, and write those down, but I really got into a more, a more thought out, um, you know, article in, in this, that in this, um, in this article that's going to come out. 
about, you know, taking through the process of thinking about that being, you know, a musician was all about drinking and partying and being a badass and all that stuff. And then how, how that was, I thought that's who I was at the time. And then that transition and going into my life, not working out the way I expected and trying to find myself, my purpose, all that. And then going in and getting sober and coming out and not being able to even play guitar for like over a year, pretty much, because it was just like foreign to me, you know, it was so different. And then having to find myself again, um, it's a pretty good article. I'm looking forward to reading it again. I, I have it somewhere, but, um, it'll be out in December in recovery magazine. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up by revisiting my roots, you know, now with my son, um, you know, I, I really feel like, again, I've, I've a hundred percent found my identity, you know, and that's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I appreciate everybody listening. Thanks again. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.